This is my rationale supporting the decisions of the Colorado Supreme Court and Maine Secretary of State to disqualify the former president from the ballot. The U.S. Constitution, in its original form, imposed certain restrictions on individual actions. For example, Article 2, Section 1, Clause 5 of the Constitution stipulates the prerequisites for presidential candidacy, natural-born citizen. The candidate must be a U.S. citizen by birth, not through naturalization at a later stage. This requirement is fulfilled by any individual born within the United States or to U.S. citizen parents abroad. Age. The candidate must be at least 35 years old on Inauguration Day, January 20th, following the election. Residency. The candidate must have resided in the United States for at least 14 years prior to taking office. The framers of the U.S. Constitution also provided a mechanism for the government and the people to amend the Constitution as needed. This adaptability has led many to refer to the Constitution as a living document. The efficacy of this mechanism was demonstrated with the ratification of the 11th Amendment in 1795 and the 12th Amendment in 1804, underscoring the Constitution's capacity for modernization. Following the Civil War, the U.S. government recognized the need to address certain issues within the Constitution, leading to the addition of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, collectively known as the Reconstruction Amendments. These amendments introduced changes to broaden the scope of the Constitution, but also established additional eligibility criteria for holding office, akin to earlier stipulations. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, also known as the Disqualification Clause, outlines the conditions under which an individual is deemed ineligible to hold public office in the United States. The clause states, no person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, but Congress may by a vote of two-thirds of each house remove such disability. Here's a summary of its key points. Who is disqualified? Individuals who have previously taken an oath to support the Constitution, including those who have held federal office, senators, representatives, president, vice president, etc., state office, legislators, judges, etc., or military office, and swore an oath to uphold the Constitution. If they have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States, which could involve active participation in an armed uprising or rebellion against the government, given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof, this could encompass providing material or moral support to those who are actively engaged in insurrection or rebellion. Consequences of Disqualification Ineligible to hold any office, including all federal, state, and local offices, both elected and appointed, civil or military. Exceptions Congress possesses the authority, by a two-thirds majority vote in both the House and Senate, to lift the disqualification imposed on any individual. While some individuals believe that the president or vice president are not explicitly mentioned, a closer examination reveals that they are indeed referenced in more than one instance. 
The first instance is the stipulation that no individual who has participated in an insurrection and previously sworn an oath to support the Constitution can hold office. Although the presidential oath uses the term uphold rather than support, this is merely a matter of semantics. The second instance pertains to the military position held by the president as commander-in-chief. It raises the question of how an individual who has previously participated in an insurrection can be entrusted with the responsibility of directing the military. While Section 3 of the 14th Amendment is indeed a valid rationale for why a former president may be disqualified from holding office again, I believe the argument could be more effectively framed by focusing on the Oath of Office and Military Office clauses. The Oath of Office clause requires the president to swear to faithfully execute the office of president and to preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution. The Military Office clause designates the president as the commander-in-chief of the armed forces. Therefore, it would be contradictory for an individual who has been involved in an insurrection against the same constitution they swore to uphold to then direct the military forces of that nation. This perspective underscores the importance of the integrity and loyalty of the individual holding the office, rather than merely focusing on the individual's past actions. It is not merely about the people's voice, but also about the qualifications and requirements for office. This approach ensures that the office of the president is held to the highest standards of conduct and responsibility.